Oh, right, the next thing for me to do today, it's my privilege to introduce our speaker for the morning. And what can I say about Wendy Ward? Well, Wendy has the most incredible breadth of knowledge about scripture and the word of God. And yet whenever she comes to share, not only does that head knowledge come across, but it's also grounded in spirit. It's so grounded in truth and gives us such an opportunity to meet with God together and learn more about him and his love for us. So why don't we welcome her up to the platform, Wendy. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here this morning, and aren't we having just an amazing series at the moment looking at facets of Jesus? It's just been so encouraging, it's just been so challenging. And um, this morning, I believe God has given me rather a challenging message as well. So I'm going to be speaking about Jesus' authority. So let's just pray. Father, We just open our hearts to you this morning and we just say, Lord, come and change us, will you? Come and make us more like Jesus. And Lord, as we look at this subject this morning, would you just help us to be open to what you want to say to us specifically today? In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know what you think about when you think about authority. I guess all of us have been in school at some point in our lives and we've had those teachers who just calmly walk into the room and all the chaos ends and the children just listen and it's all perfect. And then we've got the other end of the spectrum where the teacher's desperately trying to take authority in that situation. That's one thing that we've probably all experienced Um, And also, you know, when authority can be badly used, it upsets us, doesn't it? It causes pain and makes us feel angry that people would abuse a position of authority when it is being given there, given to them on trust. And we've had some horrible stories coming out on the news recently, haven't we? But today we're going to be looking at Jesus and his authority And just to start with a definition, so we kind of know what we're talking about, that authority is the power or right to act in a specified way, the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. So for Jesus, even before he began his ministry, he had that kind of air of authority. We don't know a lot about his early life, but there's one story included in the Bible, and that's when Jesus stays in Jerusalem undercover. His parents go home, and on the way home, suddenly discover that he's not with them. And they return to Jerusalem, and they start trying to find him. And eventually, there he is in the temple talking with scribes and Pharisees and teachers. And he looks up as they come in, and his mum's going, Jesus, where have you been? It's three days, three days they haven't seen him. Where have you been? 
I've just been so anxious about you. And the thing we're all expecting in that story is for Jesus to say, oh, I'm really sorry, mum. I forgot to tell you. Oh, I'm so sorry. But with this calm air of authority, he says, well, didn't you know that I'd be here in my father's house, my real dad? That's where you were going to find me. And it's like, right from the beginning, he knew he was under a higher authority. Right from the beginning, he knew that his, his authority came from his real dad in heaven and that he was going to do whatever the father told him to do, even when it upset his parents. As he began his ministry, he stood out from other leaders completely. He taught, they say, with authority. The Amplified Bible says his word was with authority and ability and weight and power. Not like the other teachers. He was different. What he said, his words counted. He commanded healing with authority. Early on, he went to Peter's house. His mum, mother-in-law was unwell. And what does he do? It says he rebukes the fever. He tells it off. You've no right to be here. And as a result of her healing, a whole load of other people heard that Jesus heals and turned up at the house that night. And there was a massive amount of healing happened. Sickness had to go at the sound of his voice. Whatever he commanded happened. Blind people received their sight. Lepers were healed. Paralyzed people began to walk. Demonized people were freed. And people were shocked. And they said, with authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. He had authority over nature. And we know that time where there was this massive storm on the lake and the disciples who were seasoned fishermen were going, we're going to die. And Jesus just gets up and he commands the waves to stop. And the storm instantly goes. And the disciple says, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. He even had authority over death, something that we kind of can't get our heads around, can we? A little girl was raised from the dead, a widow's son, and Jesus' friend Lazarus. I would have loved to be at the tomb on that day when Jesus commands, he says, Lazarus, come out. And this dead man comes out. I mean, it must have been a bit freaky to watch as well, mustn't it? And he had authority to forgive sins. And that came out one day when a paralyzed man was brought to him. And Jesus could see the man was sick, but he could see something else. He could see that man needed to know he was forgiven. That sickness was worse than the physical sickness. And he started off by saying, my son, be encouraged. Your sins have been forgiven. You should have heard the crackle of displeasure in the room at that moment. Because everybody believed that only God could forgive sins. And therefore, Jesus was blaspheming. Sharp intake of breath. (laughs) But Jesus says to them, 
I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he said to the paralyzed man, get up, your, get up, take your mat and go home. The man took up his mat and went home. And when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. Everywhere he went, Jesus carried the air of authority. He understood that the Father had given him that authority. He said all these amazing statements, the Father loves the Son and has placed everything into his hands. I'm not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. All things have been committed to me by my Father. And the Jewish Bible, I love how it puts it. My father has handed over everything to me. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So nothing was impossible for him. Everyone he met saw that authority, whether they liked it or not. And sometimes they didn't like it. In that story that Nikki uh, talked about last week, um, <clears throat> about the Jesus overturning the tables in the temple, shortly after that, people came up to him and they said, what authority do you have to do that? What authority do you have to do that? Who gave you authority to do this? So I'm just going to read to you what Jesus' answer was from Mark 11. So Jesus replied, I'll ask you one question. Answer me and I'll tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? Tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he'll ask, well, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, they feared the people, for everyone had held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. The implication is so clear, isn't it? I get my authority from heaven. John knew that I was coming and he told you about me. He said, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the man. Listen to him and you haven't done it. It was very clear. The authority Jesus has was from heaven. And Jesus trained his followers to know that they too had authority in the same way he had. Isn't that remarkable? This is before Pentecost. This is before the Holy Spirit came. This was before they associated signs and wonders from, with gooey sort of feelings. This was just Jesus saying, go and do it. First he sent the twelve. He gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He told them to preach the gospel of the kingdom, heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead. 
And then he sent out the 72 with the similar instructions. And when they came back, they were high. And Jesus was excited too. He was really excited. Listen to what he said. While you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample over every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. I'm really praying that you get this. Because we are Jesus' followers in this generation. And just before Jesus went back to heaven, he said to the remaining disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey Everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And the Aramaic and one Greek manuscript add this sentence, As my father sent me, so I send you. It's so clear to me that we are meant to be doing what Jesus did. We're his representatives on earth. Since that happened, we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and we have been given the power that came on the day of Pentecost. We have Christ living on the inside of us and he's going to do it. Paul says, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? He has authorized us. He has empowered us and equipped us with the Holy Spirit. And John writes in his first letter, As he is, i.e. enthroned in heaven, in the heavenly places, as he is, so are we in this world. I've been praying about this for so long and saying, God, why aren't we seeing what you have said we should be doing? Why, Why is it not happening? Why don't we do all the things you told us to do? And I'm beginning to think it's because we don't really understand the concept of authority as we should. There's this amazing story that Jesus that happened. I just want to read from you for you. Jesus heals the son of a Roman officer. When Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who's lying in my home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus responded, I will go with you and heal him. But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? 
I understand your authority, for I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go, and another to come and he'll come. I order my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is stand here and command healing over my son, and he will be healed instantly. Jesus was astonished when he heard this. And he said to those who were following him, he has greater faith than anyone I've encountered in Israel. And then Jesus turned to the Roman officer and said, go home, all that you have believed for will be done for you. And his son was healed at that very moment. He understood the whole thing about authority because he worked in that environment. Authority works by the one at the top giving orders to the one under them and the one under them giving orders to the one under them. Each person is backed up by the authority at the top. That's how it works. And he had that understanding. And that understanding of authority gave him faith. We don't really understand authority as well today as perhaps um, people in times past understood it. Probably people who work in the armed forces get it a bit better. Each one knows their place. Orders are given and you follow them. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. You can't go back and say, I'm not going to do that because you've promised and you're in that line of authority. They just do it. They just do it. So let's just look at why Jesus himself had authority. First of all, he saw what he was meant to do in Scripture. And that's what I'm trying to set out for us today. At the very beginning of his ministry, he read out in the synagogue from Isaiah 61, that amazing passage, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And secondly, in numerous places in John's gospel, he makes it crystal clear that he takes direct orders from the Father. He's not just going about doing whatever he thinks and feels. That's why we get strange things like, I know I've mentioned this before, but it still you know, resonates with me, where he'll go to a pool and heal one man and walk away. He was told to do that. But this is what the sorts of things he says... I, I can't do anything myself, only what the see the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, I do. By myself, I can do nothing. Can you believe that? I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. And you can see the others up on the screen as well. Jesus was always under orders. 
His authority came from clearly knowing what the Father wanted him to do and say at any moment. And he stayed so close to the Father that he could hear his heartbeat at any moment. Those direct orders, he knew he had his main orders, which was to bring freedom and wholeness to people. But under that, he had to know the specifics. And to do that, he stayed so close to the Father. Luke tells us that he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And when he went to the Mount of um, Olives at the end, it said he went out as usual to the Mount of Olives to pray. Before he made major decisions, he prayed. He prayed all night before he chose the twelve. Because Jesus knew what the Father wanted him to do, he knew that the Father would absolutely back him up and make that thing happen if he followed orders. Do we really get this? Do we really understand our authority in Christ? It's not about how we feel. It's about following orders and knowing when those orders have been given on exactly what we need to do. When I was growing up, well, probably still now, I don't, didn't and don't have a lot of confidence. But in my school years, I had even less confidence. So it was a total shock to me when in my final year, I was asked to be deputy head girl. I immediately thought two things, I can't and I shouldn't do that. Can't because I can't. And shouldn't because I still saw myself as the new girl in the school. I'd only been there about three years, three and a bit years. And so I went to see the deputy head teacher and I said, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Well, somehow or other... I got talked into it. I don't actually remember how. <laughs> and I came out of there thinking, oh, my goodness. But do you know what happened? They gave me a little badge. It was only about that size. And it said, deputy head girl. And I had to wear this badge. And somehow or other, I knew that I had a job to do. And my lack of confidence would not get in the way because everyone else had confidence in me to do that job. In fact, I'd been more or less pushed into doing it. You know, we believe in you, Wendy, do it. And strangely, I knew my authority. So when puffed out prefects would charge into the common room and say, Wendy, you've got to come. Girls are smoking in the toilets and we can't get them out. I didn't stop for a moment to think, what am I going to do? What if they won't listen to me? What am I going to do? I just went down there. And to be honest, most of the times I go down, they'd hear my voice as I'm coming, they'd be dragging themselves out the toilets, you know, like we don't want to do this, but we know we've got to. And somehow I knew my authority I was backed up by the school, I was backed by the head teacher, I was backed by the other prefects, I was backed, you know, if I'd have got stuck in any situation, I could have called someone higher up in the line of authority and they'd come and back me up. I think we've got to start getting that 
with our confidence in Jesus. That it's not about feeling super spiritual or super confident. We have this word we can stand on. And he says, go and do what I've been doing. And we need to just do it. And I've been trying to do that a little bit more. And I had the privilege of praying for two ladies and seeing them get healed. And I felt nothing. I didn't have a warm glow in my hands. I didn't get a picture. Got no visions. Nothing. One of them... Um, was at the end of a conference, a lady asked me to pray for her, the minibus was waiting, everyone on the minibus was going, get on the minibus, we want to go now. And she was like, Wendy's going to pray for me. I prayed for her, as I said, felt nothing. I think her faith was probably bigger than mine, to be honest. But I was saying to myself in my head, God, you told me to do this. This is my bit. You said lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Put my hands on her, as I said, felt nothing, prayed an ordinary prayer for an ordinary lady. But we have an extraordinary God. And he stepped in and healed her. And a few weeks later, I need to say that nothing physically showed on the day. All right? So I didn't go home saying, oh, how wonderful. Nothing happened on the day. I got a text a couple of weeks later, very understated text. I'm now able to apply to be a Baptist minister, which I haven't been able to do because I've been ill. Just do. Let's just do. Let's just believe. Let's step out. Do you know what? This generation needs to see what Jesus is really like. They need to see. They need to see that we're not just wet Christians meeting for church on a Sunday and nothing happening. They need to see that Jesus is alive and that he is working through us. And, you know, I'm speaking to myself this morning. I want to see this. I want to see people talking about Jesus because amazing things have happened, things they, you can't argue with. <laughs> we have been chosen. We have been anointed. We've been told what to do. Jesus said that the miraculous signs he did proved that he was sent by the Father. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Wow, the works are the evidence. Then he goes on to say this absolutely amazing thing. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, now this is not just special people, This is not ministers, apostles, prophets. This is not special people. It's us, all of us. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do, listen to this, even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father and I will do 
whatever you ask in my name, as in through my authority, I will do what you ask under my authority, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It brings glory to the Father when these things happen. It is the Father's will that we do even greater things than Jesus did. All of us, and it needs to be all of us, because you'll be able to go places I don't go. I can go places you don't go. We meet different people. We can't just be dragging people into special meetings. That's not what the early church did so much as sending out, equipping the people. You go and do it. A powerless gospel is not the full gospel. This is what Paul says. I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem all the way round to Illyria, I can never say that one, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. Fully proclaimed. Because the gospel includes signs and wonders. Oh Lord, help us to believe. Help us to get past all our all our strange ideas and the fact that things haven't happened yet. Let's use the word yet. We need to see God at work. And we need to have that kind of determination that like no matter how long it takes, that authority has to work. And I just want to finish today by reading you this extraordinary story. It's um, in John uh, John G. Lake's book. And he was an amazing man of God, full of faith, went to South Africa for some years, trained up people to do miracles and expect what God could do in any and every situation. This is a story I want to read to you. He went to um, find this man who who was a trained, um, had been trained by him. His name was Elias Letwaba. I went to his home and his wife told me that he had gone to pray for a little baby who had been hurt. So we went over and I got down on my knees and crawled into the native hut. I saw he was kneeling in a corner. I said, Letwaba, it's me. What's the matter with the child? He told me that the mother had the child in a blanket as natives carry their children and it fell out. And he thought it had hurt its neck. I examined it and saw its neck was broken. I said to Letwaba, why? Letwaba, the baby's neck is broken. It would turn from side to side like the neck of a doll. I did not have faith for a broken neck. But poor old Letwaba didn't know the difference. He discerned the spirit of doubt in my soul. I said to myself, I am not going to interfere with his faith. He'll just feel the doubt generated by all the old traditional things I ever learned. So I will go out. 
I went and sat in another hut and kept on praying. I lay down at one o'clock in the morning. At three o'clock, Letwaba came in. I said, well, Letwaba, how about the baby? He looked at me so lovingly and sweetly and said, why, brother, the baby is all well. I said, the baby is well? Letwaba, take me to the baby at once. So we went to the baby and I took it in my arm and I came out praying, Lord, take every cursed thing out of my soul that keeps me from believing the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We first want to say that we're so sorry that we have not taken your word seriously. Lord, that we have done the bits that we thought we could do. (laughs) And we have missed out on so much. And other people have missed out on so much too. And Lord, you have authorised us. You have told us to go and heal the sick and preach the gospel of the kingdom. You have told us to represent you as you were on earth and as you are now in heaven. That you have given us your spirit. You have put your love and your power into us, Lord. We long to see the fullness of your gospel being preached by every single Christian. Young, old, In between any background, Lord, you have said that anyone who believes, anyone who believes, and maybe, Lord, we just haven't understood that we just need to receive those commands from you and just get on with it. Lord, that we want to give glory to your name. We want your name lifted up across the earth. We want people to see the real Jesus living in us, all of us, ordinary people with an extraordinary God living on the inside of us, showing us what to do, empowering us. Lord, we want to submit to you this morning afresh and say, Lord, teach us, show us, shake us out of our apathy our indifference, the time that we spend doing things that have no value in life, Lord. Draw us to our knees, Lord, to pray again, Lord, that we would grow in our faith, that we would understand our authority, that we would take you to every person we meet and we would see and know the glory of God poured out in this world in a new and fresh and exciting way. Lord, where we are not confident, Lord, help us to feed on your word until we know for sure that we are anointed, empowered, and authorized to go and be you, Jesus, the full you, to everywhere we go, Lord, and every person we meet. Lord, open our eyes. Shake us up, Lord. Help us to look to you until we see the fulfillment of your word. In Jesus' name, amen.